Welcome to Becoming, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Becoming Today. I am your host, Tawny Beardall, and I'm really excited to be here. It has been really nice to get my feet wet again. You know, we uh, finished the first season with episode 100, and we took quite a break. So thinking about starting the second season of Becoming, you know, after having some major changes in my life, I really pondered about what I wanted to focus on, what I've learned recently, and how I've grown, and just what would be the most beneficial thing for you all. And I shared at the end of last season that I've recently been through a divorce, and I really do not want to dwell on that. But I also think that our greatest heartaches and trials end up teaching us the very most. That is, if we're willing to let them teach us, rather than becoming hard-hearted and cynical. When the news broke of my divorce, people were quite surprised by my ability to handle the situation the way I was, just trying to really show love and grace through the situation. And I appeared to be just so full of peace and understanding, and no one could understand why. How? How could I be doing so well in such a tumultuous time? And don't get me wrong, of course, I had many lonely and quiet moments to myself that were just filled with tears and pain. But I've been working so hard on showing up with the divinity inside of myself that that would be what was guiding me rather than letting my natural man instincts take over me. You see, earlier in the year, I learned something very powerful from my friend Brooke Snow. Brooke is a phenomenal teacher, you guys. She is someone that we interviewed a while back, and it was called The Power of Meditation, episode number 77. And oh man, I have learned so much from this woman. She has a podcast that's just outstanding. It's called The Brooke Snow Podcast. You should totally check it out. But anyway, Brooke teaches about this concept of duality. There's this duality within each of us. We all have two identities inside of us fighting for this place in our hearts. The first is our true identity. So how I see it is this is who God created us to be. It's our divine nature. It's that light that's just innate in each one of us. We are living in our true identity when we are living with intention. It's when we recognize the beauty that's inside of ourselves and we spend each moment just trying to honor those strengths and talents that God gave us individually. This is where love and patience, creativity, confidence, and positivity can reside. But on the other hand, then we have our false identity. And this identity is more reactionary. When we are living in our false identity, we are super quick to anger and judgment. We end up being so thoughtless when these tendencies just take over us. We can end up really struggling and giving in to physical temptations when we let this natural man state take over us. This is where many of us can find ourselves challenged with addictions. The false identity shows up in anxiety or a need to control everything. I think this is also where comparisons occur and we feel just a lack or a void within us. 
we end up losing sight of the majesty and the strength and the light that is innate in us. Learning to live in your true identity is really a lifelong pursuit. It takes so much mindfulness and intention. And for me, learning to live my true identity was one of my main goals and focus during this difficult time I was going through with my divorce. Many of my friends didn't know that this wasn't the first struggle in my marriage and that I had actually had experience with doing the latter. I have definitely had times when I let sadness and darkness swallow me. Um, Years ago, I let anger and judgment and a need to control my environment steer my choices. And when I did that, I noticed that I couldn't feel the Holy Ghost residing with me in those times. I couldn't feel him comforting and helping guide my life nearly as often as I had before. I want you guys to know that this loss of the Spirit doesn't always happen because we're unworthy. It can happen because the Holy Ghost doesn't want to dwell or actually cannot dwell in a place of hate and anger. And this resulted in me just really honestly becoming numb. I noticed that that light inside of me seemed to just become dimmer and dimmer when I allowed the reactionary false identity to take a hold of me. And I think we all know that even when we don't feel like the struggle we are suffering through is warranted or fair, how we react to it is the only thing that we do have control over. If you didn't feel like you deserved the hand you were dealt, you can let it entice anger and darkness within you. Or you can rise above it and choose to learn from it. If we allow ourselves to become overtaken by this natural man, which I've done, I think we've all done that, but we are the ones who will suffer, not the person who harmed you. You're the only one that can control how you feel and how you want to move forward. Oh, another little note I wanted to talk to you guys about is how I like to use this in teaching my children this concept. And what I do is talk to them about taking ownership and being accountable for how we respond personally. So when I find my kids in a fight, very very rarely, of course, yeah, right, (laughs) one of them may cross the line. And then that, you know, ends up resorting in name calling or even physically harming the other child. That's when I decide to intervene. Usually I let my kids just, you know, have their quarrel. But there's certain instances where I'm like, okay, it's time to jump in. I usually end up pulling the kid aside that crossed the line. And I ask them why they let themselves react like that. You know what you did was wrong, right? Why did you do it? And they generally respond by saying something like this. Well, it's because she made me mad. I wouldn't have done it if she didn't say or do whatever it was. And how I respond is a little something that I learned from Natalie Norton. And here we go again, another absolutely impressive woman. Uh, We actually interviewed Natalie Norton. It was one of my very first interviews, and it was called When Life Gives You Lemons. You'll have to go back and check it out. But Natalie was teaching, I can't remember if it was in her podcast or on her Instagram, that her mom, Annie, which I knew growing up, used to teach her this when she was little. She would say, okay, Natalie, who makes Natalie mad when Natalie gets mad? And she would answer with the person's name, you know, that made her angry. And her mother would quickly correct her and say, no, 
No one has the power to make you mad. Only you can choose to let yourself react in anger. Oh, I love this so much. We can apply this advice to ourselves as adults. We need to take complete ownership of our behavior and stop enabling ourselves by justifying that our actions are warranted because of someone else's terrible choices. Just because someone treats you with disrespect or is out of line does not mean that you need to reciprocate that behavior. I say this to my kids all the time. Bad behavior does not warrant bad behavior. You have the choice to hold that space for how you want to respond. And I'll tell you something. When I showed up with that control in my behavior, I was able to find so much more happiness and peace even in the most unfortunate and difficult circumstances. And I personally really wanted to work on letting my true identity guide my decisions with that love and grace. When we do this, we are able to walk away without any regrets. And one of the most beautiful results of doing this is that you get to keep the Holy Ghost with you throughout this process, which is absolutely necessary. Not only is the Holy Ghost necessary in our everyday lives, but you definitely need that additional comfort and guidance when you are working through some trauma or any real heavy difficulty. I've come to learn how important it is for me to let go of my ideas of what I thought my life should or would look like and just let God guide what comes next. I've learned how to trust and have complete faith in God's plan for me. And as I released my need for control, I was able to have so much more peace and acceptance for what was happening. And then that resulted in having more hope for the future. So this really reminds me of an experience that I had that occurred in the middle of this heavy trial. So my mom was sharing what was going on in my life with one of her friends from her church. And this friend was just so thoughtful and concerned for both of us. And she went home and she found an article that she thought would be really helpful. And she gave it to my mom. And then my mom shared it with me. And I found this article totally summarized exactly what I've been trying to do by staying in my true identity through this process. And the article is called Seven Steps of Spiritual Surrender. It's written by a woman named Laura Brotherson who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a CST and a CFLE. Go ahead and look that up if you're interested. (laughs) I felt just so connected to her work. And as I read it, I kept thinking of these experiences and examples that went along with each of these seven steps. So much so that I decided that each of these seven steps needed its own podcast episode. I thought it'd be really fun to discuss each step together and really focus on how to spiritually surrender. I think it's going to be a really amazing series. And I don't want you to think that it only pertains to my situation. You guys, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, even just your difficulty with learning how to navigate life through COVID, when you are willing to surrender your will and your need for control over to God, this is when magic begins to start happening. So Laura Brotherson starts in her article by saying, the purpose of the surrender process is to turn your life and your will over to God. Without submission, 
You are left to your own limited devices in overcoming your weaknesses and challenges. With submission, you invite the atoning power of Christ into your life to make so much more of you and your life than you could on your own. This powerful process can also help you make peace with people or circumstances you can't change, trials you are having, or compulsive behaviors in yourself or others over which you feel powerless. It's how you can actually be okay when you're not okay. It's how you can be okay with what is. Okay, so then she goes on to share four reasons uh, or what I like to call the why behind the importance of surrendering. So her first reason is to practice letting go and letting God. Oh, I love that. Let go and let God is a phrase that I've totally tried to live by the past few years. I think this is something that we have all been forced to try to understand in 2020. I told myself that the hymn, I'll Go Where You Want Me To Go, is my new theme song. Are you guys familiar with that hymn? I just love it. The first verse says, It may not be on the mountain height or over the stormy sea. It may not be at the battle's front. My Lord will have need of me. But if by a still small voice he calls to paths that I do not know, I'll answer, dear Lord, with my hand in thine. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, over mountain or plain or sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. It's so hard to quote a hymn without singing it, but trust me, you don't want to hear that. So I uh, love, I love the part where it says, I'll answer, dear Lord, with my hand in thine. So we're not going alone. He's not just banishing us out to live this life we didn't know or expect. It's like, okay, I'll go, but come with me. We need to do this together. So I love that. I love her number one reason why it's important to spiritually surrender, which is to practice letting go and letting God. The second reason is to let go of things that you can't control anyway. And I talk about this a lot in the episode where I talk about my thoughts on anxiety. I think it's number 105. But for some reason, as humans, we have this need to control everything. It takes tremendous faith and self-awareness to learn how to let go of control. So I'm excited to see how this series can really help us learn how to do that better. Okay, the third reason why is to free yourself from your fears. Now, I think fears are one of the biggest contributors to anxiety and finding yourself stuck without progression. It is definitely a tool of the adversary. And when you are stricken with fear, I just can't believe that that's coming from God. One of my favorite scriptures about fear is in 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, that's so good. God does not want to let fear dictate our choices. He has given us these powerful minds that can choose to move forward with faith. For faith is the opposite of fear. They cannot coexist, you guys. Faith will always overcome fear. Now, the fourth one she talks about, and the last reason to learn to spiritually surrender, is to develop greater faith and trust in the Lord, His will, his timing, and his gift of agency to all. Now, I personally believe that it is so much easier to have faith in someone 
if you actually know them. So if you told my daughter that some random person was going to pick her up from dance, she might be really uncertain if they will actually show up for her. But if you tell her that I will be there, she'll believe you because she knows me. She knows my habits and my tendencies. She doesn't doubt that I will do what I say that I'm going to do because she has had evidence of my character from the past. So if you guys want to learn how to trust God, get to know him, spend time with him. And you can do this by speaking to him through prayer. We have done a couple episodes on prayer and meditation, or you can sit with him in the scriptures. You can learn to hear his voice and to trust that he will show up for you. I promise you guys that. In Malachi 3.6, it says, I am the Lord, I change not. And in the Doctrine and Covenants in section 82, verse 10, it says, I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say. But when you do not what I say, ye have no promise. So to me, this means that when God makes you a promise, he is bound. He will never change. He will never desert you. It is not his nature. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we know him, we will have far more faith and trust in him. I hope you guys are as equally as excited as I am about this series. I really believe that it will have the ability to change your life if you apply each of these seven principles to your life. I'm obviously still working on this, but I'm starting to see a change in myself and in my overall happiness, and I'm seeing that it's worth every effort, and I just want the same for you guys. I can't wait to learn and grow together through this. Okay, so stay tuned for next week when we will be discussing the first way to spiritually surrender, which is identifying your sphere of control and accepting your powerlessness. Can't wait. All right. Have a great week, you guys. Thanks for being with me today. Gab Wireless is our favorite company for providing the perfect first phone for your teen. It has 14 essential apps, looks like a smartphone, has everything they need without all the stuff they don't. To learn more, click on the link in the show notes. When you use our link, it helps support the podcast. So thank you so much.